welcome back to NBA Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I, we sound differently this week, Matt, who's always next to, next to me and recording this podcast. We got the fancy new mics. We do have fancy new mics, so we will be sounding different from now on, hopefully for the better. We'll figure it out a little bit. Yeah, we'll figure it out as we go. So if this week sounds a little different or it doesn't sound good, tweet at us at NBA Couch GM Pod, and uh, I would love to fix that. I see what you did there. Yeah, we have a Twitter, <laughs> and uh, if you didn't catch our uh, Twitter handle, it's NBA Couch GM Pod. You can find us on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, um, and Spotify. Uh, SoundCloud. Um, if you aren't already, uh, like, follow us, subscribe to us, whatever your preference of platform, do that action. Uh, and we would greatly appreciate that. Matt, why don't you t- take us through a, a recap of episode 18, which this is episode 19. Can we can we just like sit on that for a second? Take a moment. Let it breathe. Uh, next week's episode 20. I, it's hard. hard 20 weeks of NBA. I mean... There's been a lot going on, so every, every week it brings something new. Um, real quick, though, on what episode 18, uh, we talked about a couple buyout signings like Ennis Canner, Markeith Morris, um, how they might play a role. We talked about All-Star Weekend, how it went, what we would like to see happen and spice it up a little. We did our mid-season awards, so we went and talked about what we predicted at the beginning of the year, back in episode one, and then uh, how it's looking now basically two-thirds of the way through the NBA season. And then we had our games of the week. Mine was Raptors, Spurs, Kawhi game. And the Raptors won 120 to 117. I had predicted the Raptors 112-106. And then... That was a fun game. Did you see DeMar's 360 layup? Yeah, DeMar's good at basketball. DeMar's very good at basketball. He got a good standing ovation from the crowd, which... As he should. You you and I joked that we didn't know how long the ovation would go on for because it's Toronto. (laughs) Everyone's really nice there. Could have been a three-hour ovation. But they they handled that well. Um, And then, man, Kawhi and Kyle Lowry double-teaming... To get to, to get the steal yeah. on Demar and, and to seal the get game. the go ahead bucket, yeah, I'm crushing. But but a really fun game. Ryan's game of the week was Warriors Rockets. He had predicted the Warriors one twenty two, one fourteen for the Rockets. Turned out to be the other way around. The Rockets won one eighteen to the Warriors one twelve without James Harden. Yeah, that that was weird. Chris Paul game. I saw a tweet making fun of James Harden saying, like, yeah, I got hung over in Los Angeles, too. Yeah. <laughs> L.A. nightlife, undefeated. Um, yeah. But, and also, it's just hope James Harden's, like, hit, like they said it was, like, a neck thing, but okay. Um, hope it's fine, though, going down the stretch, because the Rockets, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to make the playoffs, but it's not I'm a guarantee. Pre- yeah. There's no guarantees. They kind of remind me of the Thunder last year. It's like, man, this should be better than it is. Yeah, probably. And it's just not. Um, well, this week in NBA news is kind of quiet for the most part because no trade deadline and then All-Star break consumed most of the week. Um, the games it, just started back up this on past Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So, um, but we did have a fun game. Rockets at Lakers. Um, Chris Paul and James Harden got fined for... Um, just going after Scott Foster. 
Which they have a little history. Yeah. I think I heard like the Rockets are 0-7 this year when Scott Foster is officiating one of their games. Scott Foster, for context, is an, is an, is an official. And, uh, I mean, the Rockets just didn't hit any shots. I watched that game. They just didn't hit any shots down the stretch. I will say you usually win basketball games when you when you make shots. And, yeah, when they, you score more score. points, generally you win. That, I think, that's like, how basketball works. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Just hit some more shots. I mean... There were a couple fouls that, yeah, I would have had a problem with too. But at the end of the day, two fouls does Maybe not Maybe you shouldn't be clink, clanking threes at 22 seconds with the shot clock left. Yeah, probably. You might be right. I don't know. I don't Just know. the thought. I don't know. Just the thought. Uh, in other news, Jaron Jackson Jr. is out indefinitely with thigh injury. It's really unfortunate. I saw this news and it was kind of like, wow. I mean, it's probably more like maybe he could come back, but if you're Memphis, what are you playing for? So, I mean, yeah, down. yeah, just tank, embrace the tank, let him come back. So we say they're doing it. Kind of, hopefully, um, Isaiah Thomas returned for a game before the All Star break and continues to look good, going for 16 points off the bench in the first game after the break. This is the, I mean, this is the play that we've talked about this some. Like, essentially, like, the Nuggets really didn't do much at the trade deadline. Yeah. But getting Isaiah Thomas back and healthy, like, that is a move kind of in and of itself. Right. And if he, I mean, he's looked pretty good in both games. I mean, he's still small. He can still get picked on defensively. But if he, he can hit buckets and he's stretching the floor, which is something that they want and they need uh, coming off the bench. And if he accepts that for 10 to 20 minutes a night, Puts up 10 to 20 points a game. Yeah. That's a good player on a team that just swimming in the wealth of riches right now. Yeah, that's a really good point. I um, saw a really smart video. I forgot who tweeted it out, but it it was, um, it was uh, like the Nuggets being almost too sensitive to Isaiah's height and like a mismatch and like four people collapsed in and then the guy ended up kicking out for a corner three and the guy the player hit the corner three and so it's like his point was um be aware of his height but you don't yeah you don't have to far (laughs) right you you need one person not half the half the people on the floor to come help on that exactly um and when you have people like Paul Millsap I think that's going to be something to figure out going down the stretch. Um, but in our last piece of news, Goran Dragic returns from Miami on a minutes restriction and not yet starting, um, which I forgot. He got injured early. In- Pretty early on in the year, yeah. And so Miami still wants to make playoffs. They're not looking to – I think they've already come out and said we're not looking to just be a late lottery team. So uh, I, I think they're going to try and get him as much run as they can, but being cautious right now. I think he only played in something like 10, 15 minutes, kind of an Isaiah game um, for Miami, which I'm not really surprised that they're trying to get him back this year. But, you know, is it it's the East? Do you really want to make the playoffs as the eighth seed? No. Probably not. But, I mean, I don't know. You make some money in Miami, I guess. Playoff game. People come to see Giannis. I was surprised. I thought they had a hard time getting people to their games, but, like, they're one of the top teams in attendance. I mean, again, just stuff to do. I mean, yeah. if Miami can make it an attraction. But, I don't know, maybe Goran Dragic helps that. Maybe. And Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade and a Miami Vice jersey should help that <laughs> 110 times over. Um, okay, let's move on to our NBA Thought of the Week. Matt, what's your Thought of the Week? So, talking about the Eastern Conference. Are the Pacers really going to do this? Like, mm. 
are they like they just hit 40 wins the other night that's why i brought this up like 40 wins for a pacers team now that again we for a while hasn't had oladipo like what is what is that like what kind of team is that i mean apparently it's still a really good one um their next five games from the time of this recording are detroit dallas minnesota orlando chicago should be five wins at least four though yeah at least four wins that puts you at 44 wins I think if you want to get that three seed, which is currently where they're sitting, you need to at least hit 50. Yeah. Which is possible. My my concern is after those five games, which maybe they win them all, maybe they win four of them, 10 of the next 11 are playoff teams, mostly from the West. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was talking to you off air about this like they have one game against the Knicks pretty early on in that stretch but otherwise it's games constantly at OKC at Portland at LA at Denver like I think they have to play Denver twice and that they have to play OKC twice in that span like the, those games are not like the teams barely squeaking into the playoffs those are like the top of the west type teams so okay Indiana is going to get to 44 here in the next week or so can they get to 50? Can they, honestly, can they even be even coming out of that long stretch? If they can be five and six in that 11 game stretch, I think Indiana has a very real shot of hitting that three seed in in the East, which I think is really valuable because um, you don't have to see Philly or Boston in the first round. Yeah. But if, if those playoff games, because they, they're essentially playoff games, um, now that we're in the last the home stretch of the season, if if they just kind of hit the wall, maybe that's a three and eight stretch. That's a that's a prime opportunity for a, a Boston or or a Philly to jump them. So, are, is Indiana really going to do this? Maybe. It's if they do, it's without one of their biggest splashes in the off season, getting Tyreek Evans. I mean, yeah. He hasn't really done... He's been bad this year. He's shooting, like, under 50%. And that's the thing, like, I don't know if I trust him. Because up to this year, like you said, he hasn't really done much. Last year he did something, but... But it's not, not bad, much for this bad system. Team. Yeah, exactly. Good stats, bad team guy. Um, they've had others. Miles Turner step up, that young, Sabonis. Like, play well, but are those guys enough to elevate you past... All these other teams we just talked about, the OKCs and the the Utahs and the Portlands in this tough stretch coming up. It's enough for the Orlandos and the Chicagos of the world, but I don't know if it will really get them through this last tough stretch that they have. Yeah, that's a really good point. Really good thought. They're an interesting team to keep an eye on down this last end of into the season and i know they're not on tv so like you have to like league pass right watch them but i mean if you're really really wondering like what are the east playoffs going to look like because you have all those tough teams at the top but there there could be some shake up indiana is going to be the team that shakes some stuff up yeah for sure for sure well my thought of the week is about kind of like the pacers but not 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 really like the pacers at all um the kings could be something um, and they could be on to something, even if they don't make the playoffs this year. And I mean, like, De'Aaron Fox, we've talked about quite a bit about his jump this year. And it's been yeah. it's been a jump. Um, the thing is, the kicker to this is Marvin Bagley. And this is where, like, I get to the center of my 
thought is that if he can turn into something and he's good like he has some really nice skill sets he has a nice jumper we watched the the king's thunder game the other day yeah and he he showed flashes he has he has flashes um but as we've talked about off air is like you kind of have to develop one more thing outside of being kind of good on offense like the pick and roll with fox and bagley works for the most part but it's tough because he has to stretch floor. He's only shooting 25% from three this year, um, and he's only t- attempted 63s. I'll say that's and about hit 15, one a game. 15 of Fif- them. 15 out of 60. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, I just – I think we were talking he needs, like, either a a three-point skill yeah. or he needs a, a legitimate – basket protect skill. a rim protecting yeah. yeah and he's big like i didn't realize how big he was until i, I he was standing next to steven adams he's a large dude mm-hmm. and that's the thing like they they have him listed right now on basketball reference as 611 230 and man steven seven adams foot. is a big guy that's a seven foot four yeah <laughs> yeah and and how do you be that big? He's athletic. He's that I mean, just as athletic as any four in the NBA that that even comes close to his size. But like, what what's gonna make him work in the spacing of that team? That's yeah. what you're you're kind of getting to. Yeah, and it makes it even more tough because the Kings have to make a decision on Willie Collie Stein, like now. This season. Because he's an RFA. He's an RFA. And if you think Bagley can play the five, then you let him walk, right? Like, you can't bring him back on a big contract to come off the bench. I'll say, if if for some reason you can bring Willie Cauley-Stein back at under $10 million a year, then sure. But otherwise, if you feel like Bagley's a five or can play the five... Then, then you're okay letting him walk. Yeah, but that's a that's a. I think Willie Collie Stein was like the number six or seven pick. Yeah. In his draft, are you just letting us top ten pick walk on their second contract? That kind of sucks. I don't. I like that's the thing. Like, the Kings have to be so careful in this offseason and going forward because not only do they have. You have Harrison Barnes now and his big contract where you had cap space. Harrison Barnes now going to fill that. He could opt out this offseason. He could opt in. Um, then you have Willie Cauley-Stein and the development of De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. And honestly, all four of those players could get you into the playoffs consistently every year. Assuming they're developing on the trajectory that yeah. we assume, yeah, I think so. And so like that could be the start makings of a championship team. But it could also, like, if Bagley doesn't develop into anything and he's just a position lock four, can't play defense, what does that make him? I mean, assuming he just gets a little bit bigger than NBA, he's a position locked five who only plays offense. We, If he develops that way, then he's Ennis Canner. Yeah. And, I mean, and we've yeah. seen what's, what's happened with Ennis Canner. We right. talked about him getting bought out and then signed as the backup big in Portland. 
Which is fine. Which is fine. But Marvin Bagley was the number two overall pick. Right. <laughs> and someone picked him over Luka Doncic. <laughs> That's so, also a good point. Don't mean to come back to that every single week, but here we are. Um, <laughs> something I, just, I was interested in, so I was looking it up while you were talking. Marvin Bagley, 69% of his field goal attempts this year have been from within 10 feet of the basket. That's... I mean, so two, a, two thirds of your shots that's a, are coming, not even like two point, inside of the lane, basically. His jump shot looks fine, too. Yeah, it's like from, so like the long twos, like beyond, so basically beyond 10 feet all the way to the three point line, that's only like 18% of his shots. That's not bad, but yep. it's the three point shot. The three point shot's only about 13% of his. So like, it's kind of one of those he he's got some stuff going on. He's got like a decent form, but it might take a couple years. And if the Kings are on the verge of the playoffs, what does that mean? Yeah. Like they're on the verge now. What does that mean for Marvin Bagley's development? Right. And how accelerated is that going to be? That brings up a very good point. What are the Kings going to do? That's just a classic Kings move. That's going to screw this Trade up. Him. <laughs> Trade him for like Draymond Green. Exactly. Um, I feel like that's coming on pretty quick. Um, but I, I just think the Kings are another team that has something, has young players, and they are extremely fun to watch this year. They play really hard and really fast. Um, Buddy Heald has been super, has been lights out beyond the th- three-point line. Lit Thunder up the other day. Yeah, and he did it against the, he almost won, won them the game against the Warriors. Yeah, if only he had the confidence to. Yeah, to if pull. Dave Yeager didn't chew him out, like yeah, for making know, a three, for making a three, uh, what in the world? Whatever. The D- Kings are a, a good team, and they could be something in the near future. Granted, they still de- develop their players appropriately, and I think Dave Yeager has mentioned that before and this year, comparing Marvin Beckley to Kevin Durant, which is uh, quite a stretch. But, Slow your roll. Uh, they have something, and they're on the verge of something. I, I think it's just going to be what does that eventually end up to? Quite great. It's a great question. Um, so let's move on to our one only topic of the day. The only topic worth really discussing now that we're this close to the playoffs. We're going to talk about playoff matchups we want to see because this is just it. This is what NBA lives for is the playoffs, and it's going to be spectacular. Um, the current standings, I'll run you through the East, Matt, if you want to run through the West. Uh, so right now, it's Milwaukee. Toronto, Indiana at the three, Philly at the four, Boston at the five, Brooklyn six, Detroit seven, and Charlotte eight, and then Orlando and Miami are next. And then looking the, outside of the playoffs. Yeah. And then in the West, Golden State one, Denver two, Oklahoma City three, Portland four, Houston five, Utah six, San Antonio seven, the Los Angeles Clippers eight. And then we got Sacramento and the Lakers sitting just outside of the playoff picture. It's going to be a a very fun playoff push because the Lakers, you'd have to assume, are going to get in. I would think. Maybe at the eight. Because I don't know how they're going to get up any higher than the eight, honestly, if they keep dropping games to... The, who they lose the, to? The Pelicans in the good Pelicans, faith. The Pelicans, jeez. <laughs> oh Pelicans God. won Twitter the other day also. Yeah. But um, I'll say if... 
Right now we're like the Spurs are 33 and 27. So that means they got 22 games left. The Clippers have the exact same record at 33 and 27. So it, it, in theory, if LA can catch one, they can catch both and get seven. But at the same time, the Lakers are currently 29 and 30. So that puts you uh, three and a half games back. That's a lot of games. With, with 22 games left, like it's possible. But man, like you, you understand why different different stats and info um, companies start putting out projections, and LA is percentage of making the playoffs is dwindling quickly. It makes sense. It's the LeBron James factor that everyone kind of, kind of. I mean, they were what nineteen and thirteen with LeBron James. I'd say they were the four seed in the West, and then he got hurt. So and they were good. I mean, they could get there. I'd say the team has the ability to. It's just. Did this team dig themselves too deep of a hole without LeBron? And then the Anthony Davis thing, which wasn't at the beginning of the year either. It, yeah. Ingram has been better. Ingram has been better the last couple couple weeks. Can he put it together, though, for three, four more weeks? Probably not. Probably not. Um, what, should I... Do you want to... Do you, do you want to go first in your playoff matchup? No, you can, you can go since we kind of got it written in this order. Uh, so this is the the idea of this though is not necessarily how it is right now, but playoff matchups we want to see throughout, no matter what the seeding ends up being, whatever it is. So we'll each have a first round matchup we want to see, a second round uh, conference finals, and then NBA finals. So there might be some of these where we are both in the West, both in the East. Maybe one of us gives a West, one of us gives an East. We, we weren't looking at each other's before. We just put down a fun matchup we want to see in each round. So, Ryan, go ahead. So mine is, uh, we saw a preview of this, I think, the other night, and it's Thunder Jazz round one. And my oh my, was that double overtime game. PG. It just as entertaining as, and like, it might have been a game of the year for me. Um, like, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Donovan Mitchell matching them shot for shot, and, like, Rudy Gobert and Stephen Adams going yeah. in on the inside. And it takes a double overtime I mean, high-arcing teardrop from oh, Paul George. Oh, my Lord. I that, mean, that game could have easily gone the other way. Oh, easily. Like, that, that I mean, he misses that, and I don't think Adams is getting a tip. I mean, and maybe, but yeah. Point eight seconds left, so... I mean, it was an MVP-caliber performance from PG with, like, an un- unbelievable performance from Donovan Mitchell. Like, he was... I think he had... 38. 38. Sounds right. Yeah. And he was just spectacular. Like, hitting big shots, handling the ball late. It was the reminder of, like, the Donovan Mitchell people fell in love with at the end of last year that at times has been present this year, but inconsistent, which, I mean, he's a sophomore in the NBA, so it makes sense. Um, But, yeah, he came back. And, like, he, he reminded people of, of what he can do. And also, it's a rematch from last year uh, when the Thunder got bounced by the Jazz in round one. Um, I think it, I think it's a, is a good as playoff matchup as any. Uh, the Jazz have advantage off, coming off the bench. Um, the Thunder aren't too deep now that Abrinas really, I mean, is gone. Um, Dennis Schroeder is still is a legit backup point guard, but... Russ fouled out in that game, and that could be a problem for for the. I mean, it was a double overtime game, but yeah, he just sometimes Russ 
bites you, and sometimes Russ wins games for you. Yeah. And you got to live with both, but in a in a playoff matchup where you can't afford to. The erratic shooting lose. is what what scares me about yeah. this matchup for Russ. And he tries to take on Rubio or whatever, yeah. like tries to rock the cradle, and it's like, what what happens when it doesn't work? Yeah. And you're just going four for twenty. Right. Exactly. Um. So and. Paul George, I mean, this offense is so heavily relied on by Paul, uh, created for Paul George to succeed and score. But if he's not scoring, like we saw a couple nights ago, like... So he had a tough game against Sacramento. But, I mean, he, he was given everything in the night before against Utah. I mean, that's so true. It's, like, it's coming off a of back-to-back. But that's playoff games. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what it is. I mean, you get maybe a day in between or, or a couple days in between. But that, that's what it is. Like, that that's playoff basketball. Yeah. So you you got to be ready for it. So maybe it's a good thing now that the Thunder are catching a couple of these and getting themselves prepped and ready. Yeah, it feels good. What about your first round matchup? So... Uh, I mentioned them at the top, bringing them back now. Indiana Philly, that's the uh, the one I want to see. That means though, somehow Indiana and Philly are the four or five. Mm. So I don't know which one would be which, but that's the idea is is they would meet in that four or five matchup. Um, again, I'm just I'm super interested by Indiana, like that they've made. Boyan Bogdanovich work, that they made Dad Young work, that they made Miles Turner, Demonis Sabonis, like just all these guys that in some ways it feels like they sh- they shouldn't be like a good team, uh, like a legit Eastern Conference like roadblock. I'm not going to say contender, but like they're a real pain in the side. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm just kind of in this like they've got Wesley Matthews and, and he's not great but he's useful he's hitting shots right now he's at 41 percent from three um in his four games with them and then also like the dynamic of their best players are all front court guys how do you win a playoff game with four or a playoff series with you know three of your best players at the four or five position not sure yeah (laughs) um and even boyan's like a pretty much position lock three so what does indiana do or do they just keep playing just like this incredible defense and that's good enough? And then Philly, like, man, what if Philly like gets bounced? Because In Indiana, because Indiana's gonna make it hard, like, and especially if Indiana's like gets the four, and so they get the home games. Like, I just see, I want to see one this new Philly team in the playoffs, and two, like, what happens? Because Indiana's gonna punch you in the mouth. Oh, absolutely. They are. Um, you might still win the game, but you're gonna get punched in the mouth. And then what happens when you gotta play that second game in Indiana? Then, um, you know, two nights later, are you gonna be able to like stay with it, or are you just, you know, gonna gonna falter and their defense is gonna win out? So part of me is like, Philly made the Tobias Harris trade. Yeah, they're they have Joel Embiid. He's dealing with like a knee thing right now. I think they're being a little bit precautious with it and holding him out like for the next week or so. Is he going to be right? Yeah. If he's not right, then this is like a completely different thing. I don't know. I could just see like Indiana's going to have a bunch of cap room. Could they like be a player in free agency, especially if like they go out and win a series? Could could Philly just, I don't, I'm not going to say, you know, self-destruct, but on some level, like this, this seemingly high like high flying offense high flying team all of a sudden just kind of plateau and that's what I, I do worry about like i'm just 
I'm very interested because this could be like the start and end of failure real real quick. Yeah, that's scary because uh, Joel Embiid got hurt uh, a little bit sooner than this last year, but was out for an extended period of time and was not in shape to play against Boston. Yeah in that second round. Um, and if he's not in shape to play against Indiana, like they could take advantage of that. Like Miles Turner will will get Joel Embiid moving. Demonis Bonus will get Joel Embiid moving. I know it's not quite the same way as Al Horford or they're not as good as Al Horford, but similar style. Like yeah. they'll they'll get him out on the perimeter and make them come and they're good enough defensively to to not just pump like go for the pump fake from Joel every single time from three. <laughs> just, and just holding the ball. Yeah. Up. So I, Indiana's just so sound defensively. Like they, they're they not going to let that happen. They're going to give Ben Simmons 20 feet and <laughs> say shoot. shoot. And then they'll get up in Tobias's face and we'll get up in, in Jimmy Butler's face and make him work for it. I mean, they... <laughs> The game, the series with LeBron last year in Cleveland went to seven. I don't exactly. see why this can't go to seven either. And I think even if Philly wins the series, like if they play a seven game series, and this is, again, assuming this is the four or five matchup, that means you got to go play Milwaukee yeah. <laughs> after a seven game series with Indiana. No thanks. Yeah. And assuming that Milwaukee can rest because who's the eight right now? Charlotte. Uh, yeah, they're bouncing Charlotte real quick. I mean, any of the teams we talked about, Detroit, Charlotte, Miami, Orlando, like that's a four, maybe five game series no matter what really yeah. out of any of the options so if philly has to play a seven game series and then meet milwaukee like they're gonna get bounced and then what does philly have going forward is jimmy butler gonna want to stay with that is tobias harris gonna want to stay with that is ben simmons gonna get rich paul front and center and demand a trade i don't know this could go sideways really fast yeah that's gonna be and, uh it, that would be a Probably one of the most fun matchups of round one, and part if of like, not the best. If they lost, if it was Boston and, and Philly in the four or five, and they lost to Boston, they'd Ooh. be like, "That's just a bad matchup. We we just got a bad draw." But if they lose to Indiana, yeah. then it just looks bad. Yeah, without really their best player. player. The optics change. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So I'll give my um, round two matchup that I would love to see. And that's Toronto-Boston. Yes. That's assuming Boston gets to the three. And then they come out of that 3-6 matchup. Probably with Brooklyn. Probably. Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn's pretty much secured the six. Yeah. Um, to come out and play Toronto. I think this series would be amazing to watch. There's so many sub-narratives to this. Like Kyrie, if Boston loses, does Kyrie just say, all right, I'm out. Yep. And if if the tra- Raptors lose, Kawhi could say, all right, I'm out. Sneaky one no one's talking about. Al Horford can opt out this year, too. Ooh, so. That's fascinating. I didn't know about that. Yep. Um, I think, ultimately, Boston has too much and too much experience. Granted, Toronto has a ton of experience, but... <laughs> I think the playmakers for Boston are just slightly better. Um, if OG Ananobi can consistently come out and play off the bench for Toronto, that might change some something. Siakam is Siakam is he, he's amazing, like it, he's good. But uh, OG Ananobi, young dude, can kind of shoot. Um, and Rogier, like coming off the bench for Boston, another interesting. Uh, player to watch but Gordon Hayward what is that what does this do is this the series yeah. that boss is like determining factor for 
are we keeping him or, yeah. or, or are we not? This also will be a good series for like, was the Marcus all trade worth it? Yeah. Because he's like the type of guy that could really help you out with an Al Horford. I mean, even if Toronto ends up drawing Philly somehow, like that has to be a nightmare for Philly too, because you yeah. don't want Joel Embiid going against really Serge or Marcus yeah. all at this point. Yeah. Especially knowing like that if you can get Joel having to play out in space on defense, which both of those guys this year have been able to at least relatively do that. Yeah, that I'll say Toronto's just a team like no one wants to see. Both Toronto and Milwaukee, just because of what they've proven this year. But Toronto, especially with their depth and the potential stars on their depth, yeah, um, like that's just—it's so tough. And then even a guy like Fred Van Fleet, we mentioned last week, he's he's having thumb surgery. He should be able to come back either right before the playoffs or or maybe a week or two before the playoffs. So assuming he'll get back in it, like that's just another guy that Toronto's basically just adding in for the playoffs. Yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy Lin, the new signing. Like what exactly, it, what what does that do? Like Toronto can legit have like just a fantastic ten man lineup for the playoffs. Like they don't have to dwindle to eight if they don't want to. But will they? They could. I don't know if they'll. I don't. I don't know. I mean, like I guess I could see when Kyle Lowry's not playing as well in the playoffs because that seems to be a Kyle Lowry thing. Like uh, he's been hurt this year. He's had to do a lot. Yeah, yeah, and Kawhi, it's another thing of like talking about like Paul George earlier about how being tired coming off of back to back. He sat out. Kawhi sat out most of back to backs this year. Yeah, and is is that gonna obviously are he's you, not gonna sit out playoff games? I don't think, but like, is he gonna be ready then? Are you conditioned? Like mm-hmm. that's the thing. That's like the crux of the argument is like when you sit out these games, are you gonna be conditioned to withstand two week long beating against your body of? playing basketball, playoff yeah. basketball. And maybe they just get him a lot of rest in that first round. And and you can just kind of hope it it's he's fine. Yeah. But then you got the, then you got the Eastern Conference Finals assuming you make it that far like right. it's going to pop up at some point. It's just when. Right. And like shooting, like it's all in your legs. And like if your legs are tired, like you're not going to be effective yeah. as a shooter and I'd say he, already doesn't, good. he already doesn't get a lot of lift on his shots. Yeah. He just has the freakishly long arms. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that would be the series to watch because of so many potential free agents subplots but also then the matchups like that that's definitely um i think that is most intriguing about all of the second round matchups i can think of is this toronto boston like mm-hmm. who matches up with who and how does like a player like tatum or jalen brown handle playoffs this year with Kyrie Irving assuming Kyrie stays healthy and having to go against Kawhi yeah <laughs> do you get frustrated the finals then, MVP yeah I know get frustrated on offense and then not go play defense that's how you get benched real quick yeah I mean possessions and playoff games are some of the most important everyone ever. matters yeah every single one matters and you don't think uh one in the second quarter matters well it matters to Brad Stevens have fun sitting on the bench then uh what's your second round matchup that you want to see most Lakers Oklahoma City Ooh. so this means one Lakers make the playoffs two Lakers make the playoffs as the seven seed three the Lakers knock off the Nuggets or whomever at the two whether it's Houston jumps there or I think that's really the only realistic option hmm. so that means Oklahoma City stays at the three so Lakers win the two seven matchup 
advance to being the 7-3 matchup with Oklahoma City. And then we get a PG LeBron thing going on. Man, that talk about sub like subplots like yeah. PG like not going to the Lakers and then playing them in the playoffs yeah. in the next year. Yeah. Um I think by that time Lonzo should be back cuz yep. he's still out right now and they're hoping he he's back in the next couple weeks, but I'm assuming he's back by that time. So you have kind of like the young guy and Russ going on, LeBron, Paul George going on, like, and then from there it's who from the other guys makes it work yeah. like the best. And this year, since the Lakers have acquired Reggie Bullock, which was like a, like a free agent move, like we recognized it, we we mentioned it on the on that pod. Uh, I think that was seventeen mm. um, was the free agency one. We mentioned it. We mentioned it was a nice little move. It's not the splash, but it's a nice little move. Since Reggie Bullock came over and played, like him and Josh Hart on the floor, LeBron is an incredible lineup. Like it's like a plus eight yeah. lineup. Um, that's just something like if you can have like Alonzo, Bullock, Hart, LeBron, and then other, whether that's yeah. Kuzma and Kuzma gets better and he's gotten better defensively or he's trying. Yeah. He's, when you watch Lakers games, he's visibly trying or playoff Tyson Chandler um, or whomever you're playing at the five, Mike Muscala. If, if that team is gelling and Develops rhythm in these in the last let's say 15 games 10 games because right now there's about 20 games left in the year and in the last 10 15 if everyone's back and healthy and and they kind of get a thing going on the last two three weeks before the playoffs and then they knock off denver that means that like they're hot like yeah. if they can get to the playoffs get to seven knock off denver they are red hot by that time oklahoma city you just um or we've talked about before like really good team paul george russ Steven Adams like has been playing really really good basketball. Jeremy Grant's been playing really good basketball. Terrence Ferguson, you mentioned, I think, as your thought of the week, um, either last week or the one before. Like all of a sudden he can shoot threes. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's kind of keeping up. So if it keeps going, like that's a that's a really strong tool that the Thunder didn't have before. And then the Schroeders of the world and um, other guys coming off the bench, like this is a team. This is a really good team and different styles, but like that would be that's a six or seven game series for sure. Yeah, that would be an amazing series. I think the kicker for Oklahoma City is if Andre Robertson comes back and what he looks like. I don't think I would imagine they would he would come back and be active and then play in playoff games after not playing all year. So he would have to come back within these next 20 games, and he's just listed as out still. Yeah, I'll say it seems like he just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And in this scenario, Oklahoma City is the three. Okay, that probably means you got to play Utah in the first. You're not bringing him back for Utah. No. Like, you got to bring him back before then. So, yeah, I don't know if he'll be ready. And I'm assuming he's not. Since he hasn't been all year, he keeps getting pushed back. It's just kind of like an indefinite out yeah. at this point. And like you said, you got to get him back here in the next month. And that seems unlikely right now. Yeah. I think uh, another thing is that, like, if LeBron can stay healthy or whatever he is, like, it's rumored that he's not 100% back. 
Healthy enough. Healthy enough. Like, what does that look like? And by the time you reach round two, like, you've played a playoff series. And you probably had to go to Denver then. And that's not an easy place to play, especially with the altitude. So... Mm Like, what does that look like? And are your young guys ready? Like, what is the Brandon Brandon Ingrams of the world ready to play in playoff basketball? Well, like you said, he's he's started to look better as of as of late. And for the year, it's like I know he gets dogged on a lot, and a lot of it is deserved. He's still at like seventeen and a half points per game right now. Like his. He's a good player, averaging five rebounds and three assists. Like, it's not that he's been like inept. It's not right. like he's Markel Fultz. Oh over no, no, here. no! Like, on some level, like he's he's still a good player, and yeah, the three point shooting just hasn't been there. He's at thirty percent right now, on just under two attempts a game. Like, part of me is like. If you're only taking two a game, like, yeah, Rondo's taking more per game than two. <laughs> like, you're not going to get a rhythm. Like, you're not going to get it going if you're not taking it. Right. So, it's like, this is, when LeBron was out, like, to me, that was his time to, like, really just, like, let it Figure fly. It out. And, and he didn't. So, that's why, like, yeah, there's concerns there. But, at the same time, like, if you made it past Denver and you made it to the seven, uh, that means he he's figured it out on some level. I don't know if it's playoff level, if that's playoff win level, but on some level he's figured it out. Yeah. Um, intriguing matchup because like this is what the Lakers want is just to get into the playoffs. Just that's it. Just get there and see what happens. Just get there and see what happens because like I think they have the advantage in that Denver series theoretically. I would say it's kind of that same argument you just made against the Lakers like Denver's got really no one besides Paul Millsap. And Paul Millsap remembers how it goes whenever you play LeBron in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> not well. <laughs> um, so He just uh, wakes up in the middle of the night like, like crying uh, because yeah. of his sweeps against LeBron. The, um, the Atlanta days. But yeah, I mean, like what? It's it's Jamal Murray. It's Gary Harris. It's Will Barton. Good like good players. Yeah, Nikola Jokic, but they haven't been here. Like here. And if you're... It's like, oh yeah, we made the playoffs. Cool, you get LeBron in round one. Like... <laughs> I'm not saying like they wouldn't put up a fight. I think it's a six game series in in that scenario. But there's there's something different. And then playoff rondo. Yep. Playoff rondo. Like that's it's like a basketball thing. god. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, fascinating matchups in round two that could happen. I and I said this right before we started recording. Round two is probably gonna be the best round of the playoffs. Um, just from matchup perspective and sub storylines and how many good games there will be. Um, but my pick for Western Conference Finals is going to be Golden State Denver. So this is the Young Guns, Denver, coming at the um, established empire that is Golden State. And the matchups of Jokic and Boogie Cousins and how is Boogie a hundred percent? Does like that? This could be a contract defining series for Boogie. Because he hasn't looked great the last few games. No, he hasn't. Like he's understandably. Yeah, I mean, like he's trying to find his legs in an NBA, like legs, rhythm, everything, and finding a scheme and what four other four yeah. uh, NBA All Stars 
are already in. And, and it's at the tough. end of a playoff push. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, they're the one right now, and I, I would imagine they stay the one, but it, I don't know. It, hard to predict Golden State because there's some nights that they look unbeatable, and some nights, like last night when they lost to Houston, it was like, what's happening with you guys? And then Jamal Murray. Um, going against uh, Steph Curry, the two-time MVP, and what that looks like for Jamal Murray is he's a promising young player, but can he keep up with the Steph, uh, Steph Curry, an elite point guard? His irrational confidence says he can. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to believe so, but like I think this back and forth, I think the matchups present an interesting issue for Golden State outside of Kevin Durant. Um because of Jokic. Like, he's the focal point of their offense, and um, he can do so much out of that five spot. But I I don't know. I think this, this would be a matchup that would bode well for Golden State. This is what they want out of everyone. They don't want to see LeBron. Even in the first round, I wouldn't imagine Golden State would want to see LeBron. I, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Just because that's, like, the one guy... That if, you're, if you're talking about a guy that can like bring it down, it's it's LeBron. Talking about a team, there are a couple teams out there that might be able to, but yeah, that that's like the worst possible round one situation for Golden State. Um, and they get Denver. I think this it kind of reminds me this matchup of like Memphis Golden State when Golden State won their first championship. It was like this team who had worked so hard to get to a spot. And that was mm-hmm. the Western Conference Finals, and they just get dominated. And I think that's what would happen is ultimately Probably. Golden State would just have too much experience. And just Their coaching is so smart, and Steve Kerr is able to adapt mid-series better than any coach probably in the league. And they just have the players. Like, it doesn't matter that their bench is, I don't know, whoever, Sean Livingston, whatever left is Sean Livingston. Andre Iguodala is showing showing a resurgence this year. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, he's able to do more than he was. He's he's a playoff player. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, we don't see fully-fledged Golden State until playoffs, I don't think. Legit. We, We do get to see Denver... Golden State a couple more times before the playoffs. March and they've 8th. been fun games. Yeah. Every time they played. March 8th and then April 2nd. So right now the series is 1-1. So, um, yeah, a couple more instances. Those will be really fascinating games to, to see if, like, you start to see if either team tips their hand on, like, we got to really attack Boogie or... Right. Or maybe we really got to attack Jokic yeah. <laughs> on defense. So um, still some good matchups to be played between those teams, even before the playoffs. But you're right, that would be a fantastic and, Western Conference Finals. And, yeah, I, I, Golden State, I think, is ultimately going to get to the finals, and I'll talk about that here in a second. But um, Denver has the harder path to get to the Western mm-hmm. Conference Finals, like you just talked about. Like, they might draw the Lakers coming out of the first round, and that's rest in peace to that series yeah uh, I, again i already said like lebron would be really hard to, to get past <laughs> that's um, the whole western conference yeah i know everyone <laughs> everyone's hard to get past in the what's west. what's your conference finals so i also went in the western conference Ooh. um golden state and oklahoma city mm. so that would be oklahoma city again knocks off LA, LA and this idea um, but yeah I think that one would be the most interesting to me um, because 
Paul George and Russell Westbrook essentially then going up against Katie and Steph. Yeah. Like, just at the end of the day, like, that's it. Like, that's the bottom line, like, period. That's all. Like, I would say Terrence Ferguson go run around with Clay. Clay. And that's it. Draymond, whatever. And then Steven Adams, you and Boogie just battle. But at the end of the day, it's KD, Paul George, and then Russ, Steph. Like, can can Russ make Steph work? Um, or are, is Golden State going to be able to hide Steph on Ferguson? But if Ferguson's making him run around too, like, can you really even hide Steph anymore? And I don't think there's going to be really any team that you can hide Steph on. Because yeah. with Golden State, like, you can't hide him on Jamal Murray. Can't hide him on Gary Harris. Can't even really hide him on uh, Will Barton. Yeah. So, all right, can't hide him there. Can't hide him against Oklahoma City and maybe Terrence Ferguson, but he's been red hot. And he, he's athletic as any of those guys we just listed. So, I, that's kind of one of those, like, Steph's going to have to work on that. Russ is, if he guards Russ, like, Russ is going to make him work. And then this idea of, I think the, like, the subplot of the MVP mm. also in there. This is like the big point is Paul George is having the best season of his career, like by and large. Yeah. No, no doubt. And so many people brought up like, man, he's basically just having the year KD was having before he left Oklahoma yep. City. Yeah. And so it's like, is this like an unintentional revenge game? More revenge for Russell Westbrook, but he's, it's like that, it's like that uh, adult parent who's like living out their sports dreams through their kid. <laughs> Russell Westbrook's living out his sports dreams through Paul George. <laughs> and like, no, go get Kevin. Go get him. <laughs> that would be the most, uh, I don't know, unbelievable three-year turnaround ever. Like going from Western Conference against the 73-win Golden State, losing, losing your best player to that team, and then a couple years later coming back and beating them. And be like, look, I got a guy to replace you, and he did it. <laughs> like that would just be it. And like that to me again, that's a six or seven game, just incredibly fun back and forth series. That you're gonna get frustrated watching it because of Russell Westbrook. You're gonna be amazed watching it because of Steph Curry, and somehow like Oklahoma City's defense is gonna keep them in all these games though, and yeah. like it's never gonna get so so out of hand. Maybe in a game it will, but like overall, like it's just gonna be a close game no matter what because they have all these role players on Oklahoma City that'll just like defend the life out of you to me like that's the most fun series dating back to like 2012 like Oklahoma City Golden State has been some of the best matchups like games well they hate each other they like, hate, I love it's, that it's a legit rivalry in an in a NBA where like every NBA players are friends which is fine but I just love that Russ just kind of brings out like this. No, we're not talking to you. We're not looking at you. I'm going to come at your throat every single possession. Russ is trolling people. Steph is trolling people. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, no, that's exactly what I want. I want to see two teams that hate each other, not two teams that are going to be in there like, ah, oh, man, nice job. Good, good job, guys. And have Juice fun Fox in the finals. <laughs> man, win that, win that finals for the West. No, I don't want that at all. <laughs> I want to see Draymond get into it. With Russ or I, I or want, Steven Adams. Again. Yeah, I was about to say. I was about to say. I want. I want another uh, Draymond Green, Steven Adams nut kick uh, incident. <laughs> 
because that was fantastic. The memes that came out of that were just pure gold. And and why not have this again in the Western Conference Finals when everyone's just trying to like end the Golden State Dynasty? So that way it's not Kevin Durant leaves and that's the end of like this superior run. It's no, we ended yeah. it. Now will Oklahoma City actually do it? Probably not. That's, that's a probably not. That's a tougher question. Man, that's the that's the series for me though. Again, Oklahoma City getting to the Western Conference has much harder path than like you've outlined in your last talk, in your last matchup is like you have to play the Lakers and LeBron James. Lakers, you played the Jazz in the first round. Oh my God. Like, oh cool, you you got through Quinn Snyder and Donovan Mitchell and that whole defense. Here's LeBron. And then, oh yeah, now here's Steph and KD. Like, it's just brutal. If there's one team to do it, though, I think Oklahoma City can. I'd say they have the defense to to make it work. And yeah. then Paul George, assuming he doesn't just go into like this playoff slump, it, he's proven all year, and truly all year, that he can do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I would love to see that series, especially as an Oklahoma City fan. Thunder up. Uh, Golden State, for me, makes it to the finals. But a, a conference that we really haven't talked much about outside of the sec- second round, it, I think Milwaukee's going to make it to the finals at this point. Giannis is just unbelievable. Like, every night. Like, he scored, what, 11 points in five minutes the other night? It takes him no time to, like, do anything. He just does whatever he wants whenever he wants. And I think, ultimately, like, for Milwaukee, this is a dream scenario. Because, like, you make the finals, and you get to show off Giannis to the entire world. Like, if you don't know who Giannis is, like, at this point, like, you would know who Giannis is because he made it to the finals. And you get to go up against the empire that is Golden State. I'll say as Milwaukee, like you can play like the like the underdog angle so hard, yeah, and and get that, and it would just it would be Giannis versus the Warriors, kind of. But I mean, they have a good team. We've talked about it. They have a really good team. Though I think like the kicker will be um, just the defensive matchups again. Like I keep going back to this, but like Giannis being able to really switch on to anyone. And like that, that's an issue. Like you, like length has been a documented issue with Golden State because of like shooting affects length or length affects shooting. Mm-hmm. And whenever the one of the best players in the world has like a stupid wingspan, what is his wingspan like? Over seven feet? Oh, for sure. Because I mean, they. I think he's listed at like six eleven. That dude might just be seven feet straight up. And like, it just the. I think it would be incredible to see Milwaukee go at Golden State and see like what Mike Budenholzer has in his repertoire to go against them offensively. Like you, like Boogie Brooke Lopez, like that's an amazing matchup. Secretly, Malcolm Brogdon, like that's an awesome matchup on clay. Really good defender. Yeah, uh, can kind of shoot too, and can kind of make Clay run around for a little bit. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think this is. I don't know if Milwaukee can make it because I don't know if they have enough players to get there. I think Boston is the more likely one to get there. But I, I'm. 
I think just like Giannis getting to the finals would validate him as like one of the best players in the league. Even if they don't win it, like it would definitely validate his MVP yeah. award that we both think he will win this year. And we said that on our last pod. Like we think he's going to get it if he could get Milwaukee there. Yeah, that's it. And, and they have the easier path to get to the finals compared to anyone in the now. Like the top of the East is strong. Yeah, like we assume that. Boston, Philly, Toronto, Milwaukee are going to be the four teams that advanced to the second round. So really, any of those draws is tough. Like, yep. truly it is. Some of those I prefer than others because it's going to be Boston or Philly probably in that second round for Milwaukee. I would probably want Philly yep. if I was Milwaukee, but you never you never know how things are going to shake out in the playoffs. But yeah, you're right. Overall, they still probably have the easier path. Um, it- I don't know. I just uh, I think this would be more or less like LeBron's first finals, not comparing Giannis to LeBron, but when LeBron made it to the finals, they played San Antonio and got swept in four games. Yeah. I think it would be five games max. I could see six, but yeah, you're you're probably right with that. Like at the end of the day, Golden State's just gonna have too much. Yeah. Too much stuff. And, like, he almost won finals MVP last year, and he just had one bad game. Bad game three. Yeah. And Kevin Durant took it, and he could just have a spectacular four games, and there's not really – Milwaukee doesn't have a solution for that. Yeah. Yeah. Stars. Yeah. You got to have stars to win. And, yeah, Steph's off. Go to KD. KD's off. Go to Clay. Clay's (laughs) off. Go to Boogie. (laughs) Whereas if Giannis – is having an off game. Can't get into the paint. Yeah. Then who do you give the ball to? Chris Middleton? Yeah. Good player. But I don't know if he wins you a playoff. Or, uh, I mean, he might win you playoff games, but not a NBA Finals game. Exactly. Exactly. What's your Finals matchup, Matt? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of bias in this one. But at the same time, like, this is the one where it's like, this might be the only team that can knock off Golden State. And... By getting here, it proves everything went right. That's Boston, Golden State. Like for me, to, for Boston to get to the NBA Finals means Gordon Hayward found his role on this team and pl- is playing it to like the nth degree. Yeah. Whether that's off the bench or as a starter, like he's playing it as well as he can. And Kyrie's healthy, one, and, and playing, you know, averaging 25 points per game eight assists type of, type of a thing Al Horford's not plagued by this like what seems like this lingering knee hip injury yeah. that he's had all year like if they can at least sustain enough maybe it's not 100% healthy but I mean 90% of all these different things Jason Tatum Jalen Brown Terry Marcus Marcus all the guys if Boston can get there that means those things went right if those things are going right they might be the only team that can truly give Golden State in the finals a run for their money. Oh, absolutely. And and not just be like a five-game series. Like a six or seven-game series where Golden State's still probably the favorite, but it's not like you're betting the house. You're, you'll, yeah. bet, you'll bet on it, but, but you do it with a hint of uncertainty. The thing is, like I think for Boston Golden State is that – Boston has more margin to get wrong than Golden State does. I mean, you can... It's kind of like what we were talking about, like, Golden State, someone's off, lean on KD. Yeah. If Steph's off, lean on KD, then lean on Clay, then lean on Boogie. In this scenario, like, okay, Kyrie's off, lean on Tatum or Horford or Hayward, 
and then lean on the other, lean on the other, lean on, whatever order, yeah, whatever the pecking order is, lean, lean on the next. And by that third or fourth one, Boston, assuming everything's going right, might have the advantage. And they have a much better bench than Golden State does. And maybe by this time that matters because Golden State's had to go through just a gauntlet. Yeah. And Boston might have, but not to the same degree. Uh, a slightly easier one. I mean, a, a thing that happened last night, I don't know how serious it is, but Draymond got hurt last night. Yeah, and it's just kind of like that big body, older guy. Yeah. Just do this little thing, start popping up uh, more, or just at least slow you down. Yeah, and, like, if he's out, like, Golden State's different defensively. They just are. Like, he's the anchor yeah. to their defense, and if that continues to linger, like... It, I said this last year when Steph was out, like, they're one more injury away from being a not really great team. Yeah, like, a good playoff team, but not a for-sure title team, and or that, even a for-sure finals team. And that's the thing, if, like, Draymond gets hurt, and, like, not including Buggy, Buggy, Boogie in that, in that mm-hmm. discussion, because, like, I don't think he's... 100% boogie. I think he's... I like, don't know if this year he'll ever be 100% boogie. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, he's a nice player, but, like, JaVale McGee was giving you the same amount of points and minutes that boogie yeah. is right now. Um, if, like, Draymond get, gets hurt and then, like, Steph gets hurt, can Clay and KD carry them through the playoffs? I wouldn't think so. I mean, they'd take series to six, seven games, but I don't... I don't know. And in this scenario, like, I'm assuming Golden State has their guys. But even so, like, man... Boogie, go call Joel and beat, and that's what it's like to play Al Horford when yeah. Al Horford's truly on and making your life just miserable. Not fun. Like, I'm not saying Boogie would be unplayable, but like those maybe four or five minutes, you just really want him out there. You can't, you can't have him out there. I don't know this this scenario means things are going right for Boston. Gordon Hayward figures out like it's not because right now like Gordon Hayward and Andre Iguodala are pretty equal to me in terms of like what they're going to give you in the playoffs but if Gordon Hayward becomes Gordon Hayward and and I've talked to you about this like Boston didn't really make like a move at the trade deadline if Gordon Hayward becomes like the Gordon Hayward or 90% of that Gordon Hayward that's essentially like adding another player on this team and yeah. and that's like a big boost if that happens then all of a sudden like we're talking we're talking something different and what Boston had thought they were going to have the entire time starting at the beginning of last yeah. season. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of ifs in this scenario, but it's the NBA. <laughs> Could you imagine Kyrie going back to Golden State and getting to seven games and he hits another shot? Hits another one. Like to, that win, to win Boston, the mecca of sports right now. That'd be legendary. I, I don't know if Kyrie ever leaves the city. Like if he says, no, I'm going to New York, I don't think he's leaving the city. Unless Kevin's like, I'll let you hit this shot if we both go to the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be it. Kevin tanks to go to the Knicks. <laughs> oh my god. I wouldn't put past Kevin Durant. Would not. Um, let's move on to the game of the week. That was a fun segment. Um, Matt, what's your game of the week? So, a few teams we've been talking about. 76ers at Thunder. Thursday, February 28th, 7pm Central Time. TNT. So that Russ and Bede game. I want it. I want it. Um, just someone's gonna get their feelings hurt. In this game. <laughs> to put it lightly, um, Oklahoma City has some tough games before then. Philly really doesn't. Um, 
Thunder been playing a lot of games and a lot of close games recently. The toughest so, schedule remaining. So I'm taking Philly, 123 to 113. Uh, I... Don't I like the pick and don't like the pick at the same time? As a fan, <laughs> as a fan, it hurts. But as a like an NBA general fan, like yeah, I probably agree with you. I don't think Oklahoma City's gonna go like four and zero against Philadelphia in the last two seasons. And I think Philly like wants to. Oh, they want to like, win. They they know like they need to make a statement because they haven't looked great since the All Star break. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have Tobias Harris last time they played, so that's a new wrinkle to add for Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. Mine is involving your team. We kind of flip-flopped. Rockets at Celtics on Sunday, March 3rd. I can't believe we're in March at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Rocket Celtics last year was incredible. Marcus Smart drawing like two <laughs> offensive fouls on so James good. Harden to seal the game last year. Oh my goodness. If we get like half of that game, this could be a game game of the year uh, candidate. I got the Celtics winning 111 though to the Rockets 103. I just think James Harden probably cools off some more. Especially if he has this lingering neck injury. <clears throat> Hangover. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, something in my... Oh, sorry. Uh, Well, that's all we got this week. Matt, do you want to say anything before we uh, sign off for episode, what is this, 19? 19. I like the NBA. The NBA. (laughs) I like the NBA too, Matt. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Couchian Podcast. Um, It's been a blast. We'll see you back in March. Unbelievable. It's March.